today, I am so excited to introduce you to Amy from Veggies Save the Day. As a reminder, you can find all the show notes for this episode at badtothebull.com forward slash 33. And this includes all the resources we mentioned, including Amy's two free resources, her free guide to instant flavor, and her free vegan Mediterranean diet recipes ebook. And if you're wondering what both of those are, well, stick around. We're going to dive in and learn all about a vegan Mediterranean lifestyle in this episode, including everything from what you eat to really embracing the Mediterranean lifestyle in all aspects of your life. Because while food's amazing, there is more to it than that. I am so excited for you to hear this conversation with Amy. We had such a great talk. I learned so much, and I know you'll learn it too. So let's dig in. It's time to adapt to a plant-based palate, minimize waste, and respect our environment. Hello, we are Joe and Sarah Hayes, and we are the hosts of the Bowl of Life podcast, where we are encouraging you to join the plant-forward food movement. It's time for vegetables to move from the side of your plate to the center, and we are here each week to help you do that. So if increasing your vegetable consumption and limiting your animal proteins sounds like a win-win to you, go grab a spoon or fork and let's dive in to learning more about how you can be plant forward. Hello and welcome back to the Bull of Life podcast. Today I am so excited to talk with Amy Katz, founder, founder excuse me, and owner of the popular blog Veggies Save the Day. And she is a certified vegan nutrition health coach as well. Amy is so passionate about helping others follow a plant-based Mediterranean diet, and we are going to talk all about that today. And ironically, this subject just came up in our house, I think about a week ago. My husband was telling me about a conversation with his friend, Mark, and you guessed it. They were talking about the Mediterranean diet of all things. So this conversation with Amy comes at a perfect time. I can pass on the podcast to Mark to listen to as well as we can go over just anything and everything that someone would want to know about a vegan Mediterranean diet. So enough of my chattering. Let's meet our guest. Amy, welcome to the podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, Sarah. Yes, thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Um, I am a vegan food blogger, as you mentioned, and I've been vegan for about eight years, and I've always been interested in cooking. Um, I, I always enjoyed spending time in the kitchen with my mom, you know, watching her prepare dinner and helping out, and a lot. I loved watching cooking shows on TV. Um, this was back in the day when they were all on PBS before there was a food network. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I really enjoyed that. And, you know, so I always liked experimenting in the kitchen. So it can kind of came naturally to me once I was out on my own and had to start cooking for myself. Um, and once I decided to try out a plant-based lifestyle, um, it, it really became fun to experiment in the kitchen and try lots of new ingredients and, and new recipes. And um, I live in Southern California and lived here my whole life. And I'm lucky that we do have a lot of fresh seasonal produce year round. 
And that helps a lot too with experimenting and trying new recipes. Yeah, I bet. I'm very jealous of that. In Michigan in the winter, fresh produce is is not the best quality. (laughs) So we rely on more, you know, those uh, wintry staples, potatoes and such. But you're also, did I see recently on your Instagram, and you guys, you need to follow Amy on her Instagram. She's always having fun stories and live conversations. But did I see you're actually growing like your own um, vegetable garden really easily in your backyard? Yeah, that's right. Um, We just have a really small backyard, more of a patio. Um, So instead of trying out like the raised beds, like you see a lot, that just seemed like it wasn't going to work out for where we live. Um, We actually purchased a hydroponic garden, a farm stand, if you will. And it's uh, from a company called Lettuce Grow. And it's super easy because you get the seedlings and you just place them in this tower and you set a timer on it so that it automatically waters itself. It circulates the water on the inside um, based on what season it is of the year. And we have started growing things like lettuce and different greens. Uh, We have some strawberries coming in, which is really exciting and some sugar snap peas. Um, You can grow like broccoli, cauliflower. In the summer, I'm looking forward to um, tomatoes and bell peppers and cucumbers. Um, And I've heard you can even grow like a mini watermelon, which is so fun. (laughs) Yeah, that is so cool. Oh, my gosh. I'm so jealous. Like, oh, I don't have a very green thumb at all um, in our soil is very sandy around our house. And uh, we used to buy from a local like CSA we had joined, but then they got busy with some other things in their life and kind of ended that. So hmm, I might have to look into this for for the summer because there is nothing better than fresh produce, especially, you know, if it's grown right in your backyard and makes it so easy to go pick it and all that stuff. There's just nothing better. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I've been going out there and and picking some leaves of lettuce and different greens for like salads every day at lunch. And um, what's great is it only takes a few minutes to maintain each week. Basically, you just add some nutrients to the water and um, then just kind of rotate the plants around, you know, a little bit and maybe trim some roots. But other than that, it takes care of itself. And what I've seen other people do too, if they live in in places like the Midwest where you live, um, is you can actually bring the farm stand inside and you can install ring lights around it so that you can actually grow year round um, no matter where you live. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I might tackle the outside first. (laughs) Ask me. I can't even keep a succulent alive inside. That was very sad. (laughs) People are so surprised when they're like, Sarah, you're plant-based, but like you can't keep any plants alive. And I'm like, yeah, I do an herb box outside in the summer and that does okay. But (laughs) oh man, but I thought that's so great, especially with your focus on Mediterranean food and I wanted to start there because that is, you know, the focus of of your blog and your kind of lifestyle. I, I always hate to use the word diet, but the Mediterranean lifestyle 
it's just so colorful and vibrant and, you know, full of fruit, fruits and veggies and the fresher, the better, which is so awesome that you can just grow them right outside on your patio. But let's start at the beginning because I think, you know, myself included, you know, think, oh yeah, I've heard of the Mediterranean diet, but I don't really know like what that means. Like to me sometimes, you know, like I'm very good at working up visuals in my head and I'm like, okay, it's someone over by the Mediterranean Sea, maybe in Greece and they're eating olives, (laughs) but there's obviously much more than that to it. No, that is a great point because, yeah, we do hear a lot about the Mediterranean diet in the news and especially because um, like U.S. News and World Report, they have rated it the healthiest diet for the last four years in a row. So we hear the term Mediterranean diet a lot, but you know, really, what is it? You know, they never really tell you what it is. And you are correct in that it's really a lifestyle rather than a diet. So that's the first thing I would say about it is it's not a strict set of rules of what you can eat, what you can't eat. It really is a whole lifestyle. And it's based on the foods and the, uh, lifestyle choices that the older generation of people who lived in the Mediterranean region followed. So if you look at people who are now, you know, in their 80s and 90s, excuse me, living, living around the Mediterranean, these are things that they ate and way that ways that they lived their lives. And the reason why it's popular is because it has been shown, studies after study have shown that is led leads to um, longevity and a lower rate of chronic disease. So, you know, that's one of the reasons why it's rated so highly. Um, and even though the traditional Mediterranean diet, per se, isn't necessarily what you would call plant-based, it was high in Uh, plant-based foods. So the people living in these regions, you know, years ago, um, they didn't have access to a lot of like meat or fish or anything like that, even though, you know, you might think of those when you think about Mediterranean food, um, they really ate what was now what we call a plant-based diet. So they would eat, you know, a diet high in, in vegetables and fruit whole grains, uh, beans and legumes, uh, herbs and spices. And then for their um, choice of fat, they used um, heart-healthy olive oil. So that would be the main difference between uh, what I call a vegan Mediterranean diet versus a whole food plant-based diet, is that in in the whole food plant-based diet, you're probably going to avoid processed oils, Um, and, you know, cook without using oil. But in a vegan Mediterranean diet, you would use um, olive oil as your first choice. You know, maybe some other choices that are good are like avocado oil or nuts, nut-based oils or like flaxseed oil. But for the most part, they would use olive oil. Mm, Okay. Yeah. And I think a point that kind of stuck out to me there is when you said, that the Mediterranean diet was based on that 
like older generation of maybe people who had lived over in the Mediterranean region. Is that a point that often gets left out too and kind of pushed to the wayside, do you think? Because I think, you know, I don't think people, you know, think like, oh, it was the way that those people ate, maybe not necessarily now, which might be similar, but probably also has a lot of westernized kind of things to it as well over there. Yes, you are absolutely correct, Sarah. Um, And a lot of times it gets confused too with Mediterranean food. So Mediterranean diet is not synonymous with Mediterranean food. Um, You know, it's not not thinking about like Mediterranean food, like kebabs and, you know, things like that. Um, You know, sure, they might have eaten that, but it was really more of a simple diet, Um, you know, just the whole grains and beans and legumes and nuts and seeds and, you know, whatever is seasonable, like seasonable vegetables um, and herbs, you know, whatever they'd grow in their garden. So it's, it's not what you think um, comes to mind when you go out to like a Greek restaurant, for example, like those foods are not what we're necessarily talking about. You know, we're not talking about something like, that has a ton of like feta cheese in it or, you know, things like that, you know, or phyllo dough or, you know, anything like that. Um, You know, these are just more of our our simple plant-based foods. Um, And, you know, they, they could be like simple, like soups and stews and salads. um, And, you know, just based on using what they had, what foods they had available to them. I think that point is is so great that you just said that there is a difference between the Mediterranean diet and Mediterranean food. <laughs> That's, yeah, because like you said, it isn't that kind of what comes to mind when we think of Greek food, the, the feta cheese and the, you know, pastries, mm-hmm. you know, like um, even thinking of like baklava and those type of things, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that is, wow. That's really a good point there um, that it is way different. (laughs) It's focused on the seasonal, the, you know, mostly plant-based, you know, wow. And yeah, I think again, here comes back. A lot of people have misconceptions about it because it isn't ever fully explained or a celebrity gets up and explains how they're doing it. (laughs) And as we both know, that's not, you know, usually the best source to look at, but because they have the spotlight on them, then everyone's like, oh, okay. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, what I tell people too is, um, you know, you can eat whatever kind of cuisine that you enjoy. Um, It's just like with the whole food plant-based diet that you're looking at what the ingredients are and then putting it together however you like. So for example, um, you know, say in, say I like Mexican food. Um, I can certainly make all of my Mexican favorites, but using the ingredients from a, a vegan or a plant-based Mediterranean diet. So, you know, using things like beans, um, and tortillas, you know, made from corn, um, and different vegetables, salsa, you know, things like that. So, just because you're following a Mediterranean diet doesn't mean that you need to only eat Mediterranean food. 
Oh, that's such a good point as well, because I could see a lot of people saying that. And you can maybe tell us, too, if you've ever received an email from someone saying, but but what about my taco night? I love my taco food. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So really, it's just about looking at what you eat through a Mediterranean lens, if you will. Um, so it's just, you know, taking taking the foods um, like your beans and legumes, your vegetables and fruit, whole grains, herbs and spices, nuts and seeds, and then putting them together in however you like. So you can have Asian food, you can, you know, have whatever kind of cuisine that you like, but you're just using those ingredients. Oh, wow. That, I think, explains a lot because I think, you know, people do get hesitant when they think, oh, but then I can't have my favorite foods or, you know, I really liked, you know, like I use the example tacos, you know, but then it's like, okay, this isn't, it's, you know, it's a Mediterranean, you know, not per se those Greek foods we're thinking about, but more the Mediterranean lens. I love that wording that you just used, looking at it through the Mediterranean lens of things. So, you know, for someone that doesn't have access to like the fresh, you know, foods year year long, how, can they adopt a Mediterranean diet as well? How does that work? Sure, absolutely. Um, you know, as you know, they're, the frozen vegetables are very are highly nutritious. You know they freeze them at the peak of freshness so that they have all the nutrients that or almost all the nutrients that fresh vegetables do. So um, you know, and then things like like beans um, and and lentils, you can make those from dried or you can buy them canned. Um, so there's there's still lots of ways to eat these foods, even if you don't have access to the fresh um, or using dried herbs is a good alternative as well. Um, you know, just pantry staples, um, things like that. You can You can definitely make it work. Oh, yeah, that's a good point as well, because I think anytime you know, someone thinks about going, adopting a new lifestyle or uses the common word diet, they automatically think like, oh, great, this is going to be expensive. And for some reason, people always say that about the plant-based diet too. I'm sure you've heard that as well, which is like, well, really, no, it doesn't have to be, especially if you are eating in this Mediterranean way where you're focused on, you know, adopting these fresh or Flash frozen fresh foods, and it really is not that that expensive as well. So this is a very sustainable diet, it sounds like, or lifestyle, as you, as you said. Um, yeah. But when when did it become popular? Like why all? When did it all of a sudden? You know, you mentioned that U.S. Today in News, correct, has rated it. Yeah, U.S. News and World Report. Um, they started. Yeah, they come out with a ranking of different diets every year. And so for the last four years, they've picked a plant-based Mediterranean diet as the healthiest choice. And part of the reason is because it is sustainable. So that is one of the factors that they look at. So besides the food, um, and you know, like you mentioned, it can be inexpensive. 
um, to, you know, to buy these, these kind of food that you can eat because you're not buying a lot of processed food. So you're not buying, um, I mean, of course you can have them if you want, but you don't need to buy the, um, plant-based meats or cheeses, you know, things that, that do tend to cost more. You can just stick to the basics and it is actually, um, very affordable and um, the other reason why it's sustainable is because a lot of this lifestyle is doing things that um, that are simple, like, for example, exercise. So you don't need to join a gym and you don't need to go out and train for an Ironman or a marathon. Really, all you need to do is get your body moving and however you enjoy doing that. So one of the best ways is just to get outside and take a walk. Um, like, for example, instead of um, driving to go a couple blocks to a market to pick out, you know, some food, you could walk there. And that's just a great natural kind of exercise. And another another way you mentioned earlier is gardening. Um, gardening is great exercise. Um, and just, you know, being outside in nature, that is, is great for the lifestyle. Um, being around uh, friends and family, you know, even now in COVID, even if it's over Zoom, um, just having a connection with a, a group of like-minded people or family, um, or things you have in common with, you know, that's part of the lifestyle too. So it's not all about food, but it's about um, doing things like exercise, being in nature, being um, in a community, having that sense of community and having a sense of purpose in your life. You know, what is it that gets you out of bed in the morning? Um, you know, they found that the people that they studied, the, the older generations in the Mediterranean, they all felt a sense of purpose. So whether that was, you know, taking care of um, their family, like maybe their children, um, or maybe it was because um, they felt, you know, that they had a strong work ethic um, even if it was, you know, something that they weren't all that passionate about, they still felt that it was part of their life to, you know, go and do this work. Um, also, you know, having a garden and taking care of it and, you know, ha having it provide food for their family that gave them a sense of purpose. Um, and I, th I think even things like being around animals, um, you know, having a dog or a cat, um, you know, who you, who you take care of and who loves you unconditionally, you know, there, there's just so much to it. That's more than just the, the diet part of it, of what you eat. Oh, that's so true. And I think when people start thinking about any type of diet, it automatically we think about the food, right? <laughs> it's just like the first thing we think about. But when we drill down into it, like you said, and I'm so glad you pointed that out, that this is just more of a lifestyle. And I think any diet is more of a lifestyle shift. And you need to start focusing on those other components as well and and really dive into, well, okay, this you know Mediterranean lifestyle was based off 
you know, this older generation and what were they doing that we weren't doing? Well, I'll tell you what, they weren't on at the computer 24-7 or on their phones 24-7. They, like you said, they're outside. And, you know, unfortunately during the pandemic, yes, you know, connecting virtually has been a blessing. (laughs) But getting outside, you know, is another important thing. Hello, you know, like I often say that, um, in the Midwest, especially West Michigan, where I live, it's so gray in the winter. And when that sun comes out, even if it's like zero degrees, I'm like, guys, we got to get outside and enjoy the sunlight <laughs> because <laughs> it matters. <laughs> yeah, that is so true. It does. And, you know, once you mentioned about screen time, that's that's a really good point. Um, I know personally, I struggle, especially because our, our my work is all online. It's hard to limit my screen time once the the work day is over. But that is a really good point. And even just you know having dinner um, with your family at night um, and putting away your cell phone so you're not looking at your screen, you know, and having a, a regular conversation, you know, things like that. It's it's so good for us mentally. And I think that's a large part of why the Mediterranean diet is so healthy is because it's not just about our physical health. It's also about our mental health as well. Yeah, it's so important. And I think, I think that throughout this whole pandemic, like it has brought that more to the spotlight, that mental health aspect of wellness, which is really great um, to see putting that more of an emphasis on it. Now, did you always follow the Mediterranean plant-based diet or was that kind of a newer thing you've adopted in the last couple of years? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, No, I didn't. Um, When I first became vegan, um, I... I sort of had heard of a Mediterranean diet, but I didn't really know much about it at all. And I just, you know, focused on eating foods that didn't come from animals. So that was pretty much the extent of it. But as I um, dug deeper into the whole lifestyle um, and started learning more about, um, you know, different plant-based, you know, listening to plant-based experts and kind of exploring the whole health side of it, um, that's when I started to learn more about a Mediterranean diet. And um, you also, you may have heard of um, the Blue Zones. Um, yes. Yeah. So Mediterranean is, is one of the, well, there's actually two Blue Zones in the Mediterranean, one in Greece and one in Italy. So as I learned more about the Blue Zones too, it kind of uh, made me think more about uh, Mediterranean lifestyle. And so that's when I, I started really digging in deep and doing a lot of research about it. Um, and I also, um, when I um, studied to get my um, certification to be a, a vegan um, nutrition health coach, uh, we did study about the Mediterranean diet. So, you know, lots of different factors came into it. And I started realizing that the way that I like to eat the most really already followed a vegan Mediterranean diet. So, um, you know, it it kind of just came naturally. It just became a natural progression of the way that I eat. And, you know, it's, I think what I like about it a lot is that it's not strict. 
um, as far as like rules go. So it's not like, well, you can't eat this, you can't eat that. It's more that like, these are the things that you want to eat um, every day. And these are the foods, on the other hand, that maybe you'll eat only occasionally. So for example, I, I, I like to talk about um, if you are having like a birthday or a family member's having a birthday and um, they invite you over and they're serving a birthday cake. So normally, you know, we wouldn't want to eat something that is really high in sugar and, you know, is very processed. But the thing is, on a special occasion, you should you should enjoy the cake with your friends, you know, as long as it's still vegan in my book, it's okay. So, you know, I'm not it's not saying like you can never have the desserts that you want. If you want to have your cake, then eat your cake. You know, if you want to have that cupcake, eat the cupcake. Um, it's just not we're not eating those every single day. But we're, you know, when it comes to things, especially with celebrations with other people, you know, I think it's it can be important to enjoy ourselves and, you know, it makes us feel good to be around other people. And, you know, we do like in our culture, we do like to celebrate with food. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. And I think, you know, that is such a good point. Like, here's some stuff to eat every day. And we can dive into that in a minute. But here's some stuff for special occasions that's okay to eat because there's so many diets out there. And diet culture is just, uh, just restricted us so much and put such like shame around eating that cake that like, it's so refreshing to hear, hey, go go eat it it's an it's a special occasion it's an occasional food it's not something daily that you're gonna have a big slice of cake you know but it's okay and don't feel guilty about it because that's gonna do even more like negative impact i think on you mentally than anything <laughs> yeah i completely agree and you know really this is all about our long-term health um, trying to live a longer life and avoid chronic disease. It's not a quick weight loss fix. You know, you yeah, you may you may lose weight, but this this isn't really our main goal. Our main goal is to feel healthy inside and out, and and just live a long and happy life. Yeah, and I think that that's a good point as well to you know, live, live a healthier lifestyle for the long term. We're so, especially in America, America, which is so like short term, you know, it's so hard for us to be like, what's that end goal? And, uh, you know, I, I had a friend tell me once and, uh, you know, I didn't even realize I was thinking long term goals. And he's like, Sarah, he's like, one day we were at some business lunch or something or dinner or something. He's like, Sarah, you really eat healthy because you don't want to like, have like a chronic disease later in life. And I was like, well, I guess now that you said that, yeah, I've encountered a lot of illness. My mom was really ill, always as a kid, just with a neurological disease. And um, yeah, I was like, and then, you know, just other family members and such with some health issues. And I was like, you know, that's true. Like I try to eat and keep that in mind because I, I want to be here. I want to be here living. <laughs> and yeah. so I think, you know, and I think that's a hard concept for people to wrap their mind around, but it's, it's so important. And, um, 
yeah, I think just for our mental health and our physical health and all around. And the Blue Zones is is big on that as well, right? Can you quick touch on the Blue Zones in case people are not familiar with that? Yeah. So um, the Blue Zones are um, seven places in the world where they found that people had the longest um, lifespans as well as the lowest incident of chronic disease. So things like uh, heart disease and cancer, they found a much lower percentage in these seven places than anywhere else in the world. And they attributed that to their healthy lifestyle. So they all were places where even if they did consume meat or dairy, it was a very small amount. So what they ate was predominantly plant-based, unprocessed, and they had lifestyle choices like we talked about where they you know, they walked places a lot instead of using transportation. Um, and they uh, had a strong sense of community. That was a really big factor. Um, and they were, you know, outside a lot in nature. So all the things that we talked about, um, they're, they were very common in these seven areas. So besides the um, areas in the Mediterranean, it also included um, Okinawa, Japan, and um, a city in or a town in Costa Rica and a few other places. Um, what actually one of the places is in Loma Linda, California, which is oh. close to where I live. Yeah. And the reason why that one is a blue zone is because it has a high um, population of Seventh-day Adventists and they tend to be vegetarian or vegan. So it's very interesting. Oh, yeah. So right in your backyard. Yeah. <laughs> something to be like proud of, right? Right, right. <laughs> yeah. And that's so cool because I think, you know, like, yes, people, you know, some people can eat a bad diet and live long life. But usually that comes with some type of lots of medication that they're on or something and mm-hmm. not feeling good. And suddenly you're taking this handful of pills every morning and you know, just wondering how you got there. And, um, I don't, I don't think, you know, most of us don't want that for, you know, our years as we start to age. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I'm like you where a lot of family members, um, had, you know, cancer or, um, my mother had a rare degenerative brain disease and um, and then she also developed cancer and she died at a younger age. And, you know, it was just sad to see her suffering. And even though they don't know the causes um, of what of why she developed these diseases, um, they do speculate that it could be from um, eating, you know, red meat or um from, you know, could be from toxins in the environment, but, you know, I mean, we don't need to get into the whole details, but we do know that with animal agriculture, there's, you know, a lot of problems with that and with the environment. Um, So, you know, I think that if you can do um, something so easy as following a plant-based Mediterranean diet or a whole food plant-based diet where, you know, not only is it easy, it's enjoyable. I mean, why wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. And actually, I feel like I was just talking about this with somebody like, 
there are so many crazy diets out there. And I was like, but yet when people say that you're plant-based, they look at you like you're on a crazy diet. And I'm like, this is the least crazy diet of all. Like literally you're going and you're picking out fresh or fresh frozen food at the store. It's really basic. Like you're not really limiting yourself. You know, mom always said eat more fruits and veggies. And that's what you're doing. <laughs> like she was yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I'm sure if we looked at, you know, what our like great grandparents ate, it was probably a large percentage of these foods that we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And so speaking of food, because that's a question everybody has, and you have so many gorgeous resources on your website. That's Veggies Save the Day again. And um, especially you have a free ebook as well to kind of jumpstart the Mediterranean lifestyle with some food choices. And um, yeah, so what are kind of those do eat this, you know, limit this, you know, we just talked about how to maybe limit your, you know, sugary sweets for special occasions. So what are kind of like the main stays of stuff to eat on a Mediterranean lifestyle diet? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty basic um, when you break it down. Basically, you just want to focus on choosing your uh, vegetables and fruits, whole grains, beans and legumes, nuts and seeds, and herbs and spices. And as far as um, using oil, you know, of course, you don't want to go crazy with it. You just want to use, you know, a minimal amount that you can. And the best choices would be, um, number one would be olive oil. And you can also use things like avocado oil or um, nut oils, like maybe walnut oil or flaxseed oil. Um, But basically limiting the processed foods and the foods that are high in sugar um, or the, you know, really processed grains like white flour, you know, again, it's okay to have it sometimes, um, but it's, you know, not, not, not an everyday food. Um, So, you know, people ask me like, well, what about coffee and tea? Sure. Coffee and tea are, are fine. I mean, they're great to have, you know, there's been, studies that show that coffee and tea actually have health benefits. But at the same time, you don't want to load them up with, you know, tablespoons of sugar or creamer or things like that. So, you know, I think just having things more in their natural state is always going to be better. I think, you know, no matter no matter what kind of diet you follow. Um, so, you know, you don't really need to leave out anything per se, but just, you know, kind of think about it and think like, should this be an everyday food or should this be a sometimes food? Um, And I know you had asked me um, earlier about um, gluten because um, I personally have a gluten sensitivity. So, you know, not not by choice, but I do need to follow a gluten-free diet. Um, And, you know, that works out perfectly fine as well. But I mean, I always tell people if I could have gluten, I would definitely have gluten. (laughs) So I do miss gluten. But, you know, these days you can find a lot of um, gluten free products that taste very similar, like pastas, you know, pastas made from like brown rice or quinoa or corn, um, even like a chickpea or lentil pasta. Those are all great choices. Um, you know, and there's, there are gluten-free breads out there. You just have to 
read the ingredient list and make sure it doesn't contain sneaky ingredients like egg whites. Um, but, you know, I think for, for the most part, uh, most of the foods are going to be naturally gluten-free anyway, you know, all your, all your vegetables and fruits and your, your legumes and beans and um, herbs and spices. So, you know, it's, it's really, um, it's really easy to choose these foods. It's, it's like they say when you go to the supermarket to shop the perimeter of the store, <laughs> so, you know, your produce aisle, um, but the, the aisle with the, the canned beans in it is a great aisle too. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm a huge fan of that. And, uh, you know, like you said, beware of those sneaky foods as well, especially as, you know, it, it's great to see so many options hit the supermarket that are gluten-free or that they label, you know, vegan or plant-based. But, um, you know, check, the, check those labels. It may not be a whole, you know, focused on that whole foods lifestyle that you, you want to have. <laughs> <laughs> So is there a certain type of um, like olive oil that we should be on the lookout for? There's just so many varieties at the store. And I've, you know, I've always wondered this myself. So kind of personally asking, I guess, because I go to the store and yes, I know like, you know, maybe use an extra virgin olive oil for salad dressings and, but like the quality, you know, there's just so many different price points at the store. Does that really matter? Is like one more yeah. fine than another? Yeah, that's or? a great question. Um, I think, you know, if you can, find the highest quality olive oil. Um, I personally, yeah, I usually just buy the extra virgin olive oil. Um, and I, I did read some studies. They tested different olive oils and they did find that some were not the highest quality out there or that they were um, blended with olive with other um, oils like vegetable oil. So you definitely want to avoid those. So if you just get stick with the plain basic, 100% olive oil. Um, actually, one of the brands that has been rated the highest is actually the Kirkland brand from Costco. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> so if you shop at Costco, they do sell a container of um, it's organic extra virgin olive oil, and it is is really good, really good stuff. So that's what what we keep in our house. Um, there's there's you know a few other brands if you Google olive oil ratings, um, you'll find there's a few other brands that they sell at the supermarket that are highly rated. Uh, but, you know, again, just check those ingredients and make sure that it's actually 100% olive oil. Oh, that's a great tip. Again, just check check the label. You know, I actually have a um, friend with celiacs and she's like, yeah, I'm just, I spend hours at the store. She's like, I feel like, but I just read those labels and I'm like, you know, that's a good tip for all of us that if we're going to go yeah. into the inner part of the store, we need to check the the back of the box, the back of the jar, the back of whatever. Yeah, so true. <laughs> you know, one of the popular things I found out kind of preparing for this interview with you was people Google a lot what to have for breakfast on a Mediterranean diet. Do you get that question a lot? 
You know, that's funny you mentioned that because I I have gotten that question a lot. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so what do you eat? <laughs> yeah, I would say, I mean, for me, for breakfast, I just usually keep it simple. So some of my go-tos uh, are actually like a cold cereal. I just choose cereals that um, do not have added sweeteners. So, for example, when you look at the ingredients, and um, make sure you choose something that doesn't have much sugar in it. And I actually choose ones that are, I try to choose ones that are sweetened with fruit juice instead of sugar. So, um, you know, and as few ingredients as possible on the label, um, just, you know, basic cereals, like you can find like corn flakes. Um, I like one that's sweetened with pear juice and, you know, so it, it only has a couple ingredients in it. Um, or things like oatmeal is a great choice, you know, because you know that doesn't have other processed ingredients if you're just getting the oats, you know. I'm not talking yeah. about the the flavored ones. <laughs> right. <laughs> in the right. little packets. But, um, yeah, oatmeal is a great choice. Um, or things like uh, chia pudding that you can make yourself um, and sweeten that with fruit. Um, or, you know, smoothies, smoothie bowls. I, I do enjoy those a lot. Um, you can use frozen fruit, makes it more affordable. You can freeze bananas yourself. So really it's, you know, nothing, you know, special per se, just try to make it, make things that are lower in processed sugar. Um, also, and also just toast is a great choice. You know, toast with like some nut butter or avocado toast. So it really doesn't have to be complicated. You know, just whatever you like, you can have it fit into this this way of eating. Yeah. And again, like you said, like there's so many options out there. And I think just people get so scared when they're first like, but what will I eat? You know, like it's like a deer in the headlight look, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, what, exactly. what, what? And it's like, okay, wait, wait, let's unravel this. It's not complicated. And that's again, why I love your website. It's just full of such vibrant recipes as well as so many good recipes and just so delicious looking and your free kind of Kickstarter to starting the Mediterranean diet. Can you tell us a little bit about your kind of free book that you have? Sure, absolutely. Yeah. So if you do want to get started or just explore a little bit more about a vegan Mediterranean diet, I do have a free ebook for you. So all you need to do is go to veggiesavetheday.com forward slash free dash ebook. And you'll be able to download uh, an ebook that's full of different recipes uh, for lunches and dinners. Uh, so you'll find, you know, different um, pasta recipes, soups, stews, you know, all sorts of things um, that you can uh, try out that all fit in line with a vegan Mediterranean diet. And you'll see it's it's really simple way of eating and the recipes won't take you long to prepare. Um, so I think that once you get started, you'll really like it. Yeah. And, you know, I think when in this Pinterest crazed world of looking at recipes, I think when it comes down to it, if we really think about what we are eating on the day to day, 
it's actually pretty similar and it's just kind of mixing and matching our favorites and then every now and then putting something new into the menu to test it out and um so it's like so great to have you know websites and free cookbooks like yours that can kind of give us these new brainstorming ideas to be like okay well I already like you know, green beans. And now I'm just going to pair it with this sauce and, and be good to go. And, you know, I actually was just watching a video of you earlier, kind of breaking this down into like, hey, dinner's not boring, but hey, it's easy. And it's these four steps. Can you quick give us kind of your method there of like the easy dinner, but still flavorful? (laughs) Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So whenever I can't think of what I should make for dinner, I just try to break it down into four steps. So and these steps can be in any order you like, but Basically, um, for the first step, you'll choose a grain. So it could be something like quinoa or rice or pasta or even a baked potato or baked sweet potato. Those those are vegetables, but they they're starchy vegetables. So we'll go ahead and include those in the grains. And then for the second step, I would choose a protein. So that could be um chickpeas, black beans, lentils, tofu, any of your plant-based proteins. Then for the third step, I would choose some vegetables. So uh, you can start with one, but ideally you want to choose two or more. And um, so let's say, for example, for our grain that we chose brown rice. And then for our protein, or I'm sorry, yes, for our protein that we chose tofu. So now we have brown rice and tofu. So we think, okay, what vegetables will go with our brown rice and tofu? So I look in my refrigerator and I see, okay, I have carrots and I have some green cabbage. So I'm going to choose carrots and green cabbage. So now for our final step is we're going to choose a sauce. So we have our brown rice, tofu, carrots, and green cabbage. So we think, well, hey, what what would go with that? So I would choose a stir fry sauce. So just something simple. You can you know either purchase something at the supermarket, um, but you can also make something really easy with some soy sauce or tamari, um, some rice wine vinegar, um, maybe some uh, red pepper flakes for a little spice, some garlic, ginger, and there you have yourself a sauce. So it's really easy once you break it down and you see like, well, what ingredients do I have on hand? You know, how can I put these together and make it flavorful? And I always um, say that the the secret is in the sauce. <laughs> yeah. So that's my, my favorite part about it is really, you can change up the flavors of your food depending on what sauce you pick. So we could have, instead of the stir fry sauce, we could have instead gone for like a salsa and it would have completely changed the our dinner instead of having you know asian flavors maybe we're going to have instead mexican inspired flavors so um it's really fun once you get started you can break it down and try all different flavors and different um cuisines and really you just start with the same basic ingredients but you come out with something completely different 
Oh, that's perfect. The secrets in the sauce. And I could see that being really great for someone who um, does a lot of meal prepping. Maybe they prepped that base of the tofu and the rice and veggies, but then they had a couple of different sauce options. So they felt like, okay, I'm getting a little variety here if I mix it up one night with my my salsa and the next night with my, you know, tamari. And uh, and that's great. You know, people like to think, you know, like, hey, I have got variety. I've got choices. <laughs> you know, we like to, we yes. like to think that. Um, and, <laughs> you know, and if it still seems right, complicated to put those four together, you know, grab your ebook because you already have those combinations <laughs> together, right? Yeah, yeah. So that is actually from a different free ebook that I have. Um, and that one is called The Instant Flavor. And it's a four-part um, method for putting together flavorful meals because no one wants boring vegan meals. So if you'd like to get that free ebook, um, just go to veggiesavetheday.com forward slash um, guide. So it's just veggiesavetheday.com forward slash guide. And that will give you the instant flavor ebook. Ah, perfect. Well, we're going to link all of that in the show notes because those are just going to be golden for people that want to start thinking, I want to be plant forward. I want to be plant based. How do I adopt this Mediterranean diet that's been ranked number one as being the healthiest? <laughs> you know, I mean, there's something to be said about that when the attention um, gets put on that. And that's just so amazing. And let us know. So veggiesavetheday.com again, and you can find all these resources. And if someone wants to reach out to you on social media, where would they find you? Yeah, the best place to find me would be on Instagram. And I'm at Veggie Save the Day. And I like to hang out there. So you can send me a direct message there if you'd like, and we can connect. Oh, perfect. And once again, guys, you got to go follow her on Instagram. She is always posting such good, you know, and I love too. it's like practical stuff, you know, like here's some great like practical tips, some practical kitchen tips, some practical recipe tips, some practical what to eat for dinner tonight tips. It's all just like great information for those of us, you know, just looking for that. And it's just so needed. And Amy, just thank you for all the work that you do for putting the great recipes out there, for putting the great information out there and just helping us all live a little bit simpler, better, healthier lives. And thank you so much too for sharing about the Mediterranean diet and really what that breaks down to be. This has been such amazing information. Thank you, Sarah. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. I don't know about you, but I learned so much from that episode. I had always heard about the Mediterranean diet and heard that it was amazing, but I didn't actually realize it had been rated as the number one best overall diet for four consecutive years, according to U.S. News and World Report. That's pretty amazing. And research suggests that a vegan Mediterranean diet can help ward off chronic diseases and improve longevity. Hello, that is something I can totally stand behind. But there is more to it than just we eat. As Amy talked about, it's about looking at your lifestyle through a vegan Mediterranean lens, which includes exercise, community, having a strong purpose, and more. I also loved that we talked about the importance of not being strict with your diet. There's a time for everything, including celebratory food. 
As a reminder, you can find all the links to Amy's two free resources, her free guide to instant flavor, and her free vegan Mediterranean diet recipes ebook in our show notes. Once again, those show notes can be found at badtothebowl.com forward slash 33. Again, that is badtothebowl.com forward slash 33.